turn to James chapter 4. James chapter 4. Understanding, we have great confidence in going to God because we are a child of God. When we have the assurance of salvation, we know that we are going to a perfect Father, to a kind and loving Father, and um, that He wants to do what is best to help us to be a son or a daughter that honors Him. And so He is anxious to give us whatever we need to honor Him. And uh, so that gives us great confidence that we are a child of God. I can go directly to the Father and um, He will provide for me everything that I need. As we mentioned this morning, there are many times that we go to Him and we think we have certain needs and we can... We can rationalize and justify that, um, God, you surely should do this because this will honor you. And we feel really good about it, and God doesn't do it. And we sometimes walk away thinking, can I trust God, or why should I pray And there are two legs, if you please, that the Christian life stands on. One is Bible reading, and the other is prayer. And Satan loves to chop those legs out from under us. To get us where we don't read the Bible as we ought to. To get us where we don't pray. And there are many, many adversaries in regard to this whole aspect of prayer. Robert Murray McCheney said, A great deal of my time is spent in getting my heart in tune for prayer. We many times don't realize how important it is for us to prepare to go into the presence of the Lord. If you got a call tonight when you got home that Governor Branstead wanted to meet with you tomorrow morning at 8.30 and discuss with you the economic conditions of South Central Iowa, you would probably stay up a little bit and take some preparation you would probably try to figure out um, what is what proper protocol to wear when I go meet with Governor Branstead. Um, how should I present this, and so on and so forth. Now we understand that God is our Father, but He is the King as well, and sometimes we get out of balance in understanding that I need to prepare my heart to have fellowship with God. Sure, in great times of need, we can we can run to the Father and cry out to Him, and we can always do that. 
But to really get to know the Father, as we said, one of the purposes of prayer that we mentioned this morning is fellowship with God. It's getting to know His heart. And through that, we get to know His will. And then we make requests according to His will. And when we think we have a good request and it is not given to us, that we still submit to God and we embrace His will. Nevertheless, not my will be done, but yours. But there are some basic mistakes that we make in prayer. The first one is just not praying. Notice James chapter 4. Where do wars and fights come from among you? Do they not come from your desire for pleasures that war against your members? You lust and do not have. You murder and covet and cannot obtain. You fight and war, yet you have not because you ask not. Many times we just don't pray. Think about this last week. How much of this last week was spent in prayer? And I know you, you, <clears throat> you can't measure prayer just in time, but there ought to be a significant part of our life that is involved in prayer, in the presence of God. And seriously, think about it. Um, the hours of this last week, how much of that time? We, we are given 24 hours a day and we get to choose um, what we do with those 24 hours. But many times we don't invest our time in prayer. Um, some of it is we think God is not listening or God doesn't care or who am I? I'm just a... Little guy in southern Iowa. God's got the whole world. He's got everything else. Why would He want to pay any attention to me? And we have a faulty view of the nature of God. We don't pray because we don't understand the nature of God. God wants to bless His children. And Jesus gave the account. He said, if a son comes and asks you as an earthly father for bread, will you give him a stone? He says, of course not. You wouldn't do that. An earthly father wants to bless his children. And he says, if you, being evil, speaking to we as earthly fathers, if you, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more shall your heavenly Father give those things that we need. Give the Spirit to us. Give us the things that we need. We don't understand the nature of God, so we don't go to Him. Now, how do you correct the mistake of not praying? Well, you say, duh, that's easy. You pray. Well, that's not as easy as it sounds, is it? And the things that you really get done are the things that you schedule. So what we really need to do is we really need to schedule time to meet with God. 
Um, I'm a morning person. I prefer mornings. I'm not saying you have to do it in the morning. I'm saying if you don't schedule it, it won't get done. So where in your schedule? And you say, I am just too busy for it. Be careful. Don't tell God that. He can make it so you have all the time in the world. We call them hospital beds. Sometimes God calls them, you're too busy? I'll show you you're not too busy. I'll put you on your back so the only place you can look is up. But seriously, how important is prayer to us? We, we parrot the words, the only hope for our nation is God, but do we pray? And are we willing to set aside time to learn to pray, to develop, yes it is a discipline if you please, but to develop and schedule time to pray. A second mistake, not only just that we don't pray, a second mistake, and we touched on this a little bit this morning, and we're not going to spend a lot of time here, is we base our answers to prayer on our work. Well, this should be something that God answers because I've been doing this and doing this and, and I witnessed to this person and I did this and, and so God, um, won't you do this now? God isn't in the bartering business. If we got what we deserved, we would all be burning tonight in the lake of fire. But we do not get what we deserve and God doesn't answer prayers because we have done well. well. We'll touch on it a little bit later in, a, in another aspect of this. But it's not coming and promoting what we have done. So how do we correct this thinking? Begin by praising God for who He is and what He has done. Turn the focus off self. God, I am thankful that you are the everlasting Father. I am thankful that you are so merciful to me. I am thankful that you are gracious. I am thankful that you led someone into my life to share with me the gospel. And enter, the psalmist says, enter into his courts with praise and come before him with thanksgiving. It's not telling God what we've done. He already knows that. But it's come before Him with praise. That's getting our heart in tune. That's reminding us who we're talking to. God, You are the God of all flesh. There is nothing too hard for You. God, You are the governor of nations. You are the mighty God. You are never changing. You are omnipotent. It brings praise to God. God, I thank You. That you are the only true God. But come before Him with praise and thanksgiving. Thirdly, we make a mistake in trying to convince God to do our will. James chapter 4 and verse 3. Verse 2, He says, You have not because you ask not. Verse 3, He says, You ask and do not receive, because you ask amiss that you may spend it on your own pleasures. We ask for selfish reasons. 
We might look bad, God, if you don't intervene here. We are more concerned about our reputation than God's reputation. We tell God what He needs to do. Trying to convince God. God, this... I, I can so vividly remember for many years in my life interceding uh, for, for people in the church that I'd say, God, you need to do this and this, and God, you need to do this, and God, you need to do this, and, and thought I was pleading with God, and, and thought I was... And it hit me, who am I to tell God what He needs to do? This isn't me trying to convince God, hey God, I'm reporting from here, and this is what you need to do. God already knows what needs done. <clears throat> we are, Romans 15 says, we are to pray in the Spirit. Do we ever wait long enough for the Spirit to lead us what to pray? Do we ever be, go before God and say, God, I want your Spirit to show me what you want me to pray about? The Spirit is given to guide us into truth. And, and in understanding... Um, it's not trying to pry something out of God's hand like, oh, I almost got it. Oh, I slipped there. And we don't understand the nature of God. And it's not trying to pull God to our side. It's coming back to where we pray, nevertheless, not my will, but thine be done. Where we come and submit to Him and we say, God, I am embracing, I am embracing submission to you. The, the number one thing I want done in my life is your will to be accomplished. Now, this is a request that I think might be, but I want your will. If that will not advance your cause, if that will not glorify you, if that does not um, cause me to know you more, if that does not bring me in a greater dependence on you, then I don't want it. Nevertheless, not my will, but thine be done. Fourthly, we make a grave mistake when we pray with no one's sin in our lives. There are a number of number of things that relate to this. And, and again, this doesn't mean that you have to be perfect. But it means that when God's Spirit convicts you of sin, that you deal with it. And over and over in Scripture, He touches on this. In, in 1 Peter chapter 3 and verse 7, it's a verse often used to exhort husbands how to love their wives. It says, Husbands, dwell with your wives with understanding, giving honor unto the wife, as to the weaker vessel, as being heirs together of the grace of life. And we often stop right there. That husbands are to dwell with their wife, give honor unto the wife, as under the weaker vessel, you are heirs together. We are equal before God, although we have different responsibilities. But then he adds, 
that your prayers be not hindered. If I am not right in the home, my prayers are going to be hindered. And if I am not treating my wife or husband or children or parents right, my prayers are going to be hindered. There are, you've heard the saying, their, their prayers aren't even reaching the ceiling. There are many prayers that God doesn't even, doesn't even give a, an assent to because things aren't right in the home. He also says in Matthew chapter 5, if you bring your gift to the altar, you're bringing an offering to God, you're bringing your prayers to God, you're bringing your praise to God, and there remember that your brother hath ought against you. There's a problem here between two believers. He said, leave your gift. Don't worry about get, taking it to God. <clears throat> leave your gift and go make things right. Why? When we're at odds with a brother, God is more concerned about correcting that than He is about us coming to Him in prayer. And He says, just set your gift down, go make things right. In Proverbs 28, He says, He that turneth away his ear from hearing the law, even his prayer shall be an abomination. Now, think of that. When I say an abomination... What do you think of? What's something you think of? An abomination. Do you think? Speak out loud. What do you think of? It's been in the news. It's all over the place. God says homosexuality is an abomination to Him, right? God says, if I don't listen to the Word of God and I, I don't have a hunger for the Word of God, I don't read the Word of God, God says that when I come to Him in prayer, my prayer is an abomination to Him. Do you understand? They're, they're in the same boat. God says, I don't want to hear it. You don't want to hear from me? I don't want to hear from you. That's what God says. I mean, this isn't, this is Proverbs 28, 9. He that turns away his ear from hearing my law, even his prayers shall be an abomination to me. A neglect of the word. It just cuts the legs out of our prayers. An unforgiving spirit. Again, this is similar to at odds, but if we, if we're holding on to something, God has forgiven us so much. He gave the parable of the, the man forgiven millions of, of debt. And he <coughs> goes and would not forgive his neighbor just $50 worth of debt. And God said that I will not hear him. God also says an ungenerous spirit hinders our prayer. An ungenerous spirit. He says, if you give, and it's not just monetarily, although it involves that, but if you give 
and you have a generous spirit, God says, I will give to you. You come to me and make provisions. He says, I, I like to give because it's not a stagnant pool that I put it in there and you keep it and it stays there and it spoils. He said, I know you're going to pass it on to others. I know you're going to pass what I teach on to others, what I give you. So, how do we deal with the sin in our lives? We ask God's Spirit to search our heart. Psalm 139, God created me a clean heart and renew a right spirit. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and see if there be any wicked way in me. And ask God to search our heart and then confess our sin. God, I was wrong in holding this grudge. I was wrong in the ungenerous and ungracious way that I spoke to that person. We need to learn to battle to have a prayer life. The day will come in which every one of us will wish we were on praying ground with God. You don't want to take any crash courses in prayer. The day's going to come when there will be events come into your life that you will be glad you know how to touch the throne of God. You know the heart of God. You know how to talk to God and how to fellowship with God. The day will come when every one of us will never regret whatever it took to be on praying ground. I said two things that the Christian life stands on. Bible reading and prayer. And if it's a battle to do both of those. It's an intense battle to do each of these. But it's an important battle because that's what the Christian life stands on. And you're here tonight and maybe you've, you've neglected your personal time getting in the Word. Well, you need to, you need to schedule it. You need to... Develop accountability if that's necessary to get you, get you based right. And then if you've neglected and you've let your prayer life slip, um, whatever you need to do to develop it, it's not wrong to have a prayer list. It's helpful to you. In fact, tonight, um, to help us pray more for persecuted believers, we're going to be handing out a, a list that individuals and families that, that we can pray for. This can help us to learn to pray and to develop um, prayer as a family. But the Lord said, men ought always to pray and not to faint. The disciples saw Jesus do miracles Peter walked on the water. They heard him teach, but the one thing they said was, Lord, would you teach us to pray? Heavenly Father, I pray 
that you would teach us <clears throat> to pray. I pray that we would come to know the joy of being in your presence. That we would come to know the joy of embracing, nevertheless, not my will, but thine be done. Lord, I pray that we would know the joy of a clear conscience by confessing our sin. And Lord, I pray that we would be known as people of prayer. Teach us to pray, we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. If I could have